So for instance, if we were to just take a moment and we'll look at it again, okay? Look at the scripture reading that we had, 7.30, in the back of the, of the Bible, of the uh, hymnal. And we'll just take a moment to, to re reflect on what we read and the response that we had, okay? It says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. And I don't know whether you have been reading a lot or watching television. And a lot of people are trying to put things in to try to explain certain events and, trend and, and, uh, and uh, things that have had been happening. And uh, it doesn't look very good when you look at what's happening in, in, in North America alone. And that is how they're trying to, well, you can't even say to some people, Merry Christmas. Uh, you can't even have a coach of a team, sports team, uh, say not only a prayer with the students, but private prayer because of an influence he's got. So uh, here we have had for years Christmas commercialized to the extent where we wonder what really is it all about. And here we have a true meaning of how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. So looking at it again, it says, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. They were basically engaged and they were planning to be married. But before they came together, and you know what that means, married, couple, she was found to be with a child through the Holy Spirit. Very unusual. And that was all planned way years ago at Desire of Ages page, I think it's 25 or so, it says that in the event of sin, this is going to take place. And sin entered. And here God had it all planned. And it was through the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So as we're looking at it, let's get the real true meaning of it all. And then it says... An angel of the Lord. There we have an angel of the Lord. A part of this whole thing. Are you getting the point? Appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Again, referring to the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you a question true meaning of who you really are. Are you getting a little bit of a connection here of how God has made everything in the entire universe and how he has made this world, all the angels, including Lucifer, this world, people in this world, Adam and Eve, and some 6,000 years have gone by 
it so happened that you're here? How did you come about? Did you just happen? Did you just sort of have some explosion and your mother gave birth and there you were? I don't know about you, but uh, that's the way I came about. December the 7th, Pearl Harbor Day, that's when I was born. Explosion. You know what I mean? Uh, you can look at it of various ways and yet realize that there is the truth about how you came into this world and it is because God made sure that you were here. And, the God, and God has plans for you in a marvelous way. For every one of you. The question is, are we really believing it or are we saying, well, you know, I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to get involved. I just want to go along in life and see what happens. Men are born and women, and they have life and then they die. And, uh, and yet you and I are something special. And then it says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. 6,000 years later, here we have it beautifully put as to why Jesus came. To save people from their sins. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, and here, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to this world to take on humanity and then live a perfect life in a connection with God. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel again. Did you know that you have a garden angel with you all the time? Could we take a moment? I was born and raised in a church where they believed, and I was taught that way. In fact, I spent two years in a Catholic college preparing to go into the monastery. But we were taught that when a person dies, they go either to heaven or to hell or to purgatory. I don't know what all they can see when they're in purgatory because it's a cleansing period according to the Catholic Church. But when they're in heaven, they go straight to heaven when they die. I want to ask you a question. As the loved ones there look upon this earth, they see everything. Do you believe that or don't you? Let's for a moment think that they are there and they see. Can we do that just for a moment? Because I want to give you an illustration. So they're looking and the spouse or the children with mom or grandma or daddy out there, they believe that they are being watched constantly. 
so you don't believe that a loved one is there watching? <coughs> of course not. Because we're told that dead know nothing. Correct? And that's what the Bible says. So we go by the Bible. Did you know that it's rather interesting that here and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Did you know that you have a guardian angel that's watching you all the time? And as much as we respect our parents and our loved ones and people in general, but do you have a, an ability to conceive the fact that an angel is assigned to you to be with you, to guard you, to watch you, to protect you, and to see you constantly? And how many times do we just simply say, I don't believe it, I can do it what I want, nobody's watching me, I'm away. God, that's a hard thing. And yet, you and I have to realize that. Because here we're talking about the angels. Okay? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Good news. There'll be great joy, and it is for all people. You and me. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in stripes of clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Amazing. And we don't know when Jesus was born. The world or whoever sets this time of the year, 25th, but that's not the issue. The issue is we have facts here to prove that Jesus was born sometime in the fall and what a blessing it has been. And this same Jesus was born, and you know the history of what has happened in his lifetime. And to think that he was the one who said himself, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not only during this time of the year, but all the time. How do we have that more abundant life? And what is it for you that becomes a more abundant life? What is it? 
Anybody dare to say to me this is what it means? I wasn't even looking at you, but you said, are you asking me? Absolutely. You go ahead, tell me. What does it mean for you? That's beautiful. And that is a real testimony because you speak for all of us, I'm sure, but what you have just said we're reminded. Please. Well, then how come some people don't like to obey? They don't like to be restricted. They want to be free. What, what, what do you mean by saying what you said? Okay, interesting. Go ahead. Plenty and for eternity. In fact, you know, in Romans 6.23, this time of the year, this time of the year, it just seems like people have that feeling is that we have to give a gift to somebody. And if we have loved ones, fine. We give it to the loved one. Children, we give it to children. And we just keep giving gifts and in some cases, it's the giver that feels good to give. And in some cases, it depends on the gift. The one who receives the gift is very thankful for that gift. But Romans 6.23 says, the gift of God is eternal life. Are you ready to count with me? Count the number of words that are in Romans 6.23. The gift of God is eternal life. How many? Come on. Even that's a perfect number, isn't it? Perfect gift. It's beautiful. You have four?
Did you hear what she said? Okay, speak up louder. Okay, that's good. You're summarizing it in that way. But the gift of God, it's a gift. It's a gift. Free. Since when? Pardon? You know, uh, I just sat beside a gentleman that came from Loma Linda, and he tells me he's a, he's a marriage therapist, counselor. It's an interesting here to see the dynamics of what happens when you have a smaller group. Uh, and the reason we have it here is because we have just a certain amount of people and they're willing to talk. If you open it up in Loma Linda, they all want to talk and you would be there 24 hours. <laughs> but Rodney, you just said that it's a gift, it's a perfect gift, and we do not have to give anything back. We do? We don't? You just came in, but you're in with us, right? No problem. Now, I didn't pay Ran uh, uh, Rodney to say this to cause uh, you to think, <laughs> but uh, he, he and I and all of you are, are making our meal. You can't earn salvation. And you agree on that. Yeah. It's a free gift, and we cannot give something back to God that's equal to it or whatever, but we are told that it's a two-way street. Go ahead, Mary Angeline. It's a free gift, but you have to, you have to accept it. Have you ever had a free a gift given to you and you haven't opened it? Haven't even asked or inquired as to what was in it? Have you ever done that? Have you ever received a gift from somebody that you wish you didn't receive it? <laughs> because then you have an obligation to give it back or, or you know that there's uh, some... Uh, Catch to it. You know what I'm talking about. A lot of things go on. You heard about that couple that divorced. And he agreed to pay her so much money every month. And he went ahead and wrote out a check to her every month, to the one he divorced. And on the checkbook, he had the picture of his second wife. You've never heard that before? 
Never heard of it. It's amazing that you learn something even here. But, but you see, some gifts you wish you didn't get. And here we have a gift of God. And sometimes we almost feel like, so what? Do we really believe in that gift? Are we accepting that gift? Through that gift, we become citizens of God's kingdom. Do we act like people who have received that gift and are citizens of God's kingdom? I tell you, it's amazing. I'm glad you're thinking with me. We're having a wonderful time. It's great. But, you know, when you really think of it, Rodney, you, you are definitely correct in the fact that there's no way. It's unconditional. God gives it to everybody. But let me ask you a, a simple question. Could you sort of visualize or think a little bit of how many people, including our Sabbath school lesson that was so well taught, Crystal, on how God has always tried to give the message that he has given eternal life and it's a free gift, and how many people seem to imply that, well, yeah, but we'd rather do our own thing in our own way and still hopefully receive that gift and have eternal life which is that gift is conditional, that you open it, understand it, and reciprocate in giving your will to the will of God so that God's will be done. Even Jesus, when he prayed in the Lord's Prayer, let it be in heaven as it is here on earth. It's interesting how God has a way of dealing with you and me and that angel said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Luke 2, 10. Well, for some people, that joy is for a season, Christmas season. And then it sort of things get back to a life where it's tough, tough going. It's a life that you wonder how Satan has a way of confusing mankind to the place where people don't know what life is all about, the true meaning of life, the true meaning of God's love, his gift. And then to think of how so many people are trying to destroy the whole concept of God. And yet you and I and all Christians are to fully accept what's in John 20, 28. Where it says, my Lord and my God. Period. That's it. Total faith in him. Total confidence in him. Knowing that whatever happens upon the face of this earth and we're studying some of the end-time events, and things don't look very good. And yet, maybe they look very good, because it's been foretold that these things are happening, and it's happening. So rejoice. And then to think that we have a part 
in what Jesus said when he said that one of the last signs of the end will be that this gospel, the good news, will be preached into all the world, and then shall the end come. This gospel of what we just read in the responsive reading, Jesus being born, lived a perfect life, paid the price on Calvary's cross, a perfect price on Calvary's cross. He took your place on the cross. And yet, look how many people say, thanks, but no thanks. I am going to die on the cross for my sins. They don't accept it. This time of the year, people are going everywhere to buy new clothing, gifts of all kinds for children, grandchildren, you name it. Clothing, 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 clothing. And yet we, who know that the most important clothing that one can have is Christ's righteousness. And how much do we make sure that our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, our friends are aware of Christ's righteousness? Interesting what's happening. And you sometimes wonder, well, why, why is it like that? Especially when Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You probably don't realize, some of you who are visitors, the others probably know, but they're forgetting. And that is that I am 88 years old as of September the, uh, not September, December the 7th, Pearl Harbor Day, but not the same year. I wish it was. I'd be a little younger. But I learned so much about the meaning, the true meaning of Christ's birth and why he came. And then to think that I knew nothing, and now I know a little bit more than I've had known before. And I want to learn more and more and more. And this same Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Almost to say that at my age, time is running out. And you who are younger think that you are going to live forever and ever because you have no pain. You have no sorrow, and you kind of feel like, hey, everything's going to be all right. I know when I was young, I felt like I wouldn't even think of the future. I enjoy the present. But time has a way of running out. And maybe you and I have to realize that we are here for a very short time. And when Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, it is the present that counts right now. Because tomorrow is unknown. Right here in San Bernardino, 14 people look forward to this time of the year. And they are, I was going to say, laid to rest. They were shot. And yet you and I sometimes don't realize that every moment counts. 
you and I have to take time, take time to enjoy every moment. Somebody pinned these words, take time to think, to think. And this is why we participated. And you were thinking, there's no question about it. The response you have had is great. Take time to think it is a source of power. Take time to play. It is a secret of perpetual youth. Sure. Why not? Take time to read. It is the fountain of wisdom. And the Bible tells us that as you read God's holy word, wisdom, you know how to get it. God. Take time to pray. It is the greatest power on earth. Isn't it amazing this time of the year? Advertising. Cars. The power. Airplanes. That they will soon have people riding on airplanes that is faster than what? Faster than Amazing. Take time to love and be loved. It is a God-given privilege to think that none of us belong to each other. We belong to God. It's our privilege to associate with each other. People that belong to God. A lot of things could be solved if we make a decision for the new year and even before the new year that we will respect each other as God's property. And when you belong to God, you deserve to be treated as a God person. And we deserve to treat you likewise. You see what I mean? Take time to be friendly. It is the road to happiness. You want friends? What does the Bible say? Show yourself friendly. Just that simple. Take time to laugh. Really? Do you know, sometimes some things happen on this earth that even angels probably laugh. You read the book? Angels do laugh. It's amazing what human beings will sometimes do, and I'm sure they do. Take time to laugh. It is the music of the soul. Uh, incidentally, I hope that during this season, with so many banquets, Christmas food, and Ellen, you're the one that said here that the food here is great, and we're told that Laughter helps you digest it. So laugh, sure, right from the bottom. One where when you do laugh, you can't help it. You can't help it. Take time to give. It is too short a day to be selfish. You know how many people are scrambling right now 
and particularly the last day or two of the year, to get their gifts to the church, to nonprofit organizations, to have an income tax write-off. And in some cases, that's really what it's all about. And yet, you and I have the privilege of being Christ-like in giving because we're that type of people. We can't help it. We just give of ourselves, of what God has blessed us with, and we just share. And even in Sabbath school, that, that was a very nice talk about doing what Christ is doing. Take time to work. It is the price of success. Did you know that in the Ten Commandments, it says six days shalt thou work? Interesting. How people can cons sort of consolidate everything into what I've just shared with you, and then we realize how beautiful it is. So you have just so much time left for this year. 2016 is coming. I don't know what you're going to do with it. But I sure liked what one person said. He said, our days from here to the end of the year and next year, our days are like identical suitcases. All the same size. But some people can pack more into them than others. So pack your own suitcase. Make sure that you let Christ help you to have an abundant life, a full life, a rich life. And what will it profit a man if he has that for only a few years? When God tells us that that gift that he's giving you is eternal life. He wants you to have it packed full for eternity. How do you pack something full for eternity? Well, because we have just a little insight of what God is and who he is and how he made the whole universe, when you and I have the privilege of seeing the same Jesus that came here some 2,000 years ago as a babe, the same Jesus coming in clouds of heaven the second time. And as he comes, there will be many people who will actually be ready for his coming. They will have learned the last day events to the place where they are ready and waiting, and they will say, Lord, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. Save us from sin. That's what it says in our first reading. But he will also save us from the destruction that's going on in this world because of sin. So here we are. Something that's ahead, you won't have to go to the movie to see. 
you will see with your own eyes things that are going to be happening upon the face of this earth and houses will fall on one side or the other and you will be protected by God. And God will protect you because you will say, Lord, this is our God, we have waited for him and then eternity for you begins. A lot of things will happen before sin is totally destroyed. But let's look at the good part. To think that you will be in heaven, on this earth, in the universe, and every day, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, which means every day throughout eternity will be a better day. 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 For eternity. For eternity. For eternity. You and I can't fully understand it, but we're hearing it. And we're sort of trying to visualize what it could be. You and I have faith to believe it will be just what the Bible tells us it's going to be. And my wish for you and your extended family and Elaine and mine will be that many of those, if not all, will also have the privilege of having life, a gift, eternal life, abundant life forever and ever and ever. And if you want your loved ones and you to have that, would you mind standing and rededicating your life to him? And I'd like to ask you to pray that God will give you your prayer answered in such a way that those loved ones and you will be ready for Jesus when he comes. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you're a God that gives gifts. We thank you for giving us the gift of life here on earth. We're also thankful for the gift of eternal life. We pray that we will accept it and give you in turn our will. And we choose to give it to you so that your will will be done in our life. And we pray for all of our loved ones that they too will sense the gift that they have also been given, eternal life. That they too will take it seriously. And we pray for all the people around the entire world that they too will be moved to accept that good news, the gospel, and particularly when we know that this gospel will be preached into all the world, help us to have a part in it and guide us to do it in such a way that it will be done according to your will. And Lord, we pray that this church will be a blessing to those that come 
In the name of Jesus, we pray.